So last week we wrapped up our valued sermon series, and next week we start a new sermon series called Take Care, in which we'll be exploring ways in which we are called to take care of others and our relationships, uh, our households and our money, our creation, the world, the world in which we live, and ourselves and our futures. But this week I wanted to take an opportunity to uh, create a bridge of sorts between those sermon series and ask some questions here because, again, we're all about being curious here at Platwoods Church. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but each and every day we, each and every one of us, encounter countless options, innumerable choices, right? Like a kid in a candy store trying to decide, right? Each and every one of us are presented with various ways in which to engage and interact with the world in which we live, the people and the places and the things all around us. Today, already this morning, perhaps without even realizing it, you have made thousands of small and maybe even big decisions regarding everything from when you brush your teeth, right? Is it before or after breakfast? I'm asking. Before? Before? But then you eat, yeah, after. Okay, I was gonna say, there's only one right answer to that one, I feel like. <laughs> Not that you're wrong if you chose before, but. What clothes you wear, right? You can ask my wife, each Sunday morning I get up and I try to decide which T-shirt to wear. And, and that's why we're selling T-shirts, by the way, out there. You can get your T-shirts because it makes it so much easier to get dressed on Sunday morning here at Platwoods Church, all right? You know exactly what to wear. How fast to drive, or whether to even come to worship. You can worship now online, as many people right now are doing from wherever they are. Where to sit when you enter into this space, that's a, that's a decision, right? What to say to those around you when you sit down. Hi, good morning, nice to see you. Scoot over, <laughs> right? And the things we don't say, right, the choices. You smell that, right? Nobody ever said that? Okay, maybe just me. So many decisions, so many choices, conscious or unconscious, our ability to make these decisions, to decide, to choose for ourselves, is a gift from God. You ever consider that? This is a gift from God, and too often, perhaps, we take it for granted. Each and every decision that we make is a choice, and not every choice is life-changing or really that unique, but some are. Not every decision will shape our lives or our behaviors or our practices, but some will. And every single choice matters. Each and every day we receive the opportunity to opt in to the world around us, knowing that each decision, whether it's serious or not, each decision will matter. Again, I'm Pastor Jess, I'm one of the associates here. I am glad that you decided to get up and be present here this morning in this space and place or online to use the gift that God has given you of free will to make the choice that you have made. So today I want us to consider this, what I believe is the greatest gift that God has given us and how we are then called to use this gift of free will to do good things that God has prepared for us to do. Now, has anyone ever heard or ever opted into like a different loyalty program or uh, 
Let's say like you go into a store and they ask you to sign up to be a part of their rewards program. Anybody ever do that? You scan the QR code when you walk into Hawaiian Bros so that you can get a free Dole Whip. That's a very specific one, I know. <laughs> or you go to Better Wash and if you sign up and tell them your birthday, they'll send you a, a, a free car wash on your birthday. And if you share other people's cell phone numbers with them and you share 10, then they will give you a free car wash. And I don't know anything about that at all. And some of you probably have received texts from Better Wash, not saying I would ever do that. Or you sign up for Nike's reward program so you can get 25% off your next pair of sneakers. Or again, I know these are very, very specific. And you guys know what I'm talking about though, right? Like you opt in to all of these different programs and, or how about this one? And I'm, this might date some of us. How many of you remember sending in, not even using your cell phone, but sending in the registration for the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes? You remember? You remember, right? You could win $5,000 a week for the rest of your life. That is awesome. And then you end up getting like 16 different magazines a week later. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I will be the first to admit that I absolutely love signing up for loyalty programs and customer rewards and mailing lists. Uh, I, I love getting text messages and emails telling me about all the things um, that are just happening all around. Uh, I love to opt into stuff, all kinds of stuff. And I remember in college, I'm, this is getting very personal here, but I remember in the commons in college, you'd walk in before lunch and they would have all the credit card companies set up on tables and they would say, um, if you sign up for a new line of credit, we will give you a king size candy bar. <laughs> you remember, right? Some of you remember that? I, I share this because um, at the end of my first week of college, I had a Snickers, a Twix, a Mounds, an Almond Joy, a Hershey's, and a Milky Way just sitting on my shelf in my dorm room, and I thought it was amazing. My credit did not. <laughs> but we live, we live in an opt-in world, in a culture that is full of options and choices that invite us into different and unique ways of doing this thing called life. All right, ways of spending and earning and giving and receiving and talking and listening and being entertained and learning and educated and serving and being served, right? Ways to use all of our resources, our, our time and our money and our energy. These are so many different ways to do this. And, and it's always changing, right? It's always shifting. There's always something different as life goes on. Even here at Platwoods Church, right? This is a part of the service I asked you to take out your phone. So like right now, take out your phone and, and there's a QR code on the screen right now. So you can open up the app on your phone, the photo app, and you can scan this QR code. If you don't know how to do it, find somebody who's under 25 around you and they will show you exactly what to do. But you can scan it using your phone's camera app, right? And this will check you in to worship here, right? This is an invitation to connect, right? It's a way to opt in to showing and sharing this experience that we call worship together. Now, some of you may have grown up when we used to pass the pad of paper and the pen back and forth, right? And we would sign our names. And if you were anything like me when I was in middle school, I would write something extremely inappropriate and pass it down the line and people would give you a bad look and then your parents would have words for you after service. Right, gone are those days. Change, right? Things have changed. And change is a good thing often. Think about this, okay? In the palm of your hand right now, if you're holding your phone, 
you have more computing power in the palm of your hand than all of the computers that they used to send the first humans to the moon. I mean, think about that for a second, right? 85% of Americans today have at least one smartphone or tablet, like an iPad, and gone are the days of those bulky desktops, right? How many of you have a smart watch now? Where you get, yeah, where you get the text messages on your watch, right? Save up for one, right? It's, I mean, think about the technology and the difference in your life alone. These small pocket-sized devices, how they have changed our lives. The technology to do such incredible feats is now available to each and every single one of us. We have opted in to this change in our culture. Even right now, while we are sitting here in this place, there are people who are worshiping with us in spirit right now at home. Some of them probably enjoying breakfast still in their pajamas, maybe from the comfort of their bed. They haven't even woken up yet, maybe. How many of you did that during the pandemic? We used to. Every week check in and be like, I'm worshiping from my bed. It's pretty amazing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a choice. It's an option. It's an amazing thing. To think today that we have access to more information and more ignorance we have access to more truth and temptation and more connection and confusion than ever before in human history. If we are honest, all of this, this thing that we call life, all of this that we do together, it revolves not around the technology and not around even the information that we have, but it all, all involves the choices, the decisions that each and every one of us make. When I was a kid, my grandma Rose used to tell me and my brother and all my cousins, we would get together for Sunday dinners and my grandma always said, the greatest gift that God ever gave humanity, that gave us, was Jesus, all right? And this is a great, great Sunday school answer. She would always say, let's read scripture, John three sixteen. And what's it say? For God so loved the world that God gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So God gave us his son. It's a well-known verse. Even people who are not religious know this verse, right? And I'll never forget uh, one time one of my older cousins who was a teenager said, well, Grandma, what if I don't want the gift? What if I don't want the gift? And the look that came across my grandma's face was uh, enough to like cast out demons. Um, but, but she had a great answer. And, and as a, a, a kid, I was like seven or eight years old and I'll never forget, I was like, who wouldn't want a gift? I mean, like who doesn't want a gift, any gift? I don't care what it is. If you're giving me a gift, I want it because it sounds awesome because it's a gift, right? Who says no to a gift? But my grandma simply said, that's your choice. That's, you can say no if you want. God still loves you, but it's your choice. And I think right there, right there in my grandmother's answer, I believe is God's greatest gift to us. Autonomy, right? Choice, liberty. 
the ability to decide for ourselves. Philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard writes extensively about the human condition and free will and once said, the greatest good which can be done for a being greater than anything else that one can do for it is to be truly free. So here's God and God's wisdom giving us humanity free will providing for us a piece of God's own divine power. You ever think about it that way? That God gives a little bit of God's infinite power to you and to you and to you and to you and to each and every one of us, we are given this ability. And yet God holds an unlimited amount of this. The Almighty in giving away this power, this capacity, this Ability determines and demonstrates for us what true love and real faith looks like. I mean, seriously, you ever think about this? Why would God, right, in all of the infinite wisdom that God holds, why would God say, here, do what you will. It's a gift to you. Whatever you wanna do, it's up to you. I, I choose to think, and I, I often reflect in scripture that it's not because God only loves us, but it's because God actually loves us so much that God puts God's own faith in you. God has faith in you, that you, you will do what's right. Man, God messed up, <laughs> right? I'm gonna be, I like appreciate that laugh. Right? I don't know about you, but in my life, I constantly think to myself, dang, God, you should have... Uh, you should have like controlled that one. You should have taken the reins on that one. I, I recently saw a meme and it had God uh, in the back seat and, and the driver is looking over the shoulder and says, God, take the wheel. And Jesus goes, I was alive 2,000 years ago. I don't even know what this car is. <laughs> I think God does this because God has faith in us. God has faith that you will use the power that you have been given to do what's right. God has hope eternal. That God, that God will work through you in some way. That God has a faith and a hope and a love that begins with God's self and moves on to you and through you. In the second chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians 2, the apostle writes about this grace and this belief and this faith and about salvation and about God's will for us and all of creation. Paul writes this, God saved you by God's grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We can't brag, it's not up to us, it's a gift. For we are God's masterpiece, God has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that God has prepared for us to do. For me, this passage sums up all of Jesus's gospel. The gospel message is that God, Christ, comes to save us with grace, this freely given gift, this gift that we get to choose to opt into. There's nothing that we've done to earn it, there's nothing that we can believe or think or do that will ever make us worthy of it. And rather, God says, it's yours. It's up to you to do with what you would like. However you see fit, 
Use it or don't. It's a choice that needs to be made by us in faith. We have to believe, right? We have to believe this is gonna do something for me. But it's not just gonna be something for me, it's gonna be something for the world, for, for somebody else, for a friend perhaps or a stranger, for someone that might never know how you have affected their lives. And through this decision, we are empowered. We are encouraged, we are invited into this experience of full life to be transformers. I always wanted to get uh, the digital experts up here. Every time I say transformers, I'd love it if they pushed a button and it went like the transformers movies. Nobody else thought that was cool, okay. I think it'd be cool, right? You ever thought about that though? You're called to be a transformer, to transform the world around you for the better, to change what's happening in the world because we know it's not how it's supposed to be. There is more than meets the eye. There is more than meets the eye. Well played. We're called to be a masterpiece, a divine piece of art. You ever consider what it looks like for us to look at each other like that? When you look at a person that you don't like, do you see them as a divine piece of art? A creation of God? When we look at ourselves in the mirror, what do we see? How might it change the world? How might it change even us if every single person we see, every single person we encounter, every single person we hear, we recognize is a divine masterpiece, a work of art that God has created for a reason, right? Scripture says that you and me and each and every one of us is shaped and crafted by God to do the good works that God has prepared for us to do. There is something in this world that you and only you can do. I am convinced of it. I believe it. And when you are not present in this community, you are missed. We are incomplete. We cannot be who we are supposed to be when you are not here. The seat empty next to you. There is someone who's not here. The person at work or at school who's wrestling with recognizing themselves as a divine piece of art. Each and every one of us with purpose. Award-winning British writer David Mitchell wrote this spectacular piece of uh, fiction uh, in 2004 called Cloud Atlas. And the Wachowski sisters, years later in 2012, made a movie out of it. Maybe you've seen it. It's like three hours long. <laughs> That's amazing. And there's one particular paragraph in the book that I think stands out. Belief, like fear or love, is a force to be understood as we understand the theory of relativity and the principles of uncertainty. Phenomena that describe or that determine the course of our lives. Yesterday, my life was headed in one direction, and today it is headed in another. Yesterday, I believe I would never have done what I did today. These forces that often remake time and space that can shape and alter who we imagine ourselves to be begin long before we are born and continue after we perish. Our lives are not our own. We are bound to others, past and present, 
And by each crime and every kindness, we birth our future. This is who we are and who we wish to be here at Platwoods Church, a place where you are invited to opt in, to make the decision to be a transformer, to change the world, to change not just yourself and what you see in the mirror, but to change how you see and how you engage each and every person you encounter forever. This is a place we wish to ensure that every person knows they are a divine piece of art, a masterpiece, a masterpiece, each and every one of us, because we believe that Christ has and can and will continue to transform and work on us and in us and through us. And we can be a part of that work. So may we do it. May you be a part of the work that is transforming not just yourself, but everyone, everywhere, for all time. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, you give us choice. You know us perfectly, God. You know our heart's desire and our fear, our grief and our pain. You know what brings us pleasure and joy, God. And you allow us, God, you invite us to make decisions for ourselves. And you give us guidance, God. You give us a model to follow in your son, Jesus Christ, who showed and shared with each and every one of us, with all of creation, what it looks like to live in love with you, God, and with others. Might we be about the transformation of this world, God. Might we recognize ourselves and every single person as a divine work of art, as a masterpiece? And might we make the choices to live not only into our will, God, but yours? May it be so. Amen. In a few moments, you will be invited to come forward to receive the Eucharist, Holy Communion. Here on this Sunday, it is a gift that is given freely by God. It is not, this is not the table of the United Methodist Church or the Platwoods Church. This is Christ's table. And Christ, Christ invites all to experience the love and the hope and the joy that is the gift of communion, of being in community with Christ and each other. God welcomes everyone, seekers, cynics, flawed, and faithful to this table. Let us prepare our hearts.